tonight on The Goblin's Corner. Terrain Series, Part 4, The Taiga Forest. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblins Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're doing part four of our terrain series, the Taiga Forest. That's right. Taiga Forests, something you probably haven't thought of much, if at all. And we're bringing you this unique terrain because A, it's really cool, and B, it is vastly underserved. That's right. So we're going to bring you a unique terrain series you can use in your TTRPG of choice, along with you know, obviously, what is it? And some storyline options and various other things that we can throw at you sure. before we get to that. Got a question of the week, man. All the time. So uh, I'm assuming we're on topic this week, so we're going to do a Taiga Forest-related question. We are. Excellent. I'm going to make it simple, though. Okay. If you're going to create a person, place, or thing specifically for a Taiga Forest setting, what would it be? Well... I know what it's not going to be, okay. and then I'll work my way into what it actually is be. So we've already got Frost Toads. Right. So I can't do that. I would, I would have you done a Mr. Do Mr. Toad. toad no, right. a Wooly Toad would be hilarious. Fair. A giant Wooly Toad. Like instead, know, or also, instead of a Horny Toad, a Wooly Toad? A Wooly Toad. Sure. Um, and then that's amusing, <laughs> because I also see a dire Wooly Toad. It's got like horns on it. Sure. But... I think a gigantic Arctic rabbit would be hilarious. A dire Arctic rabbit. But instead of plates on its back, Mm -hmm. it still has tusks, by the way. But instead of plates on its back, it has leather padding. Right, because it's got to be able to move freely. Yeah. So And uh, bony plates wouldn't keep heat in, I wouldn't think. Not at all, but leather... Sure. And plus, when you're riding it, nice leather seating, mm-hmm. because you're going to grip it by the ears and ride this damn thing into the boreal forests, yeah, which is another name for taiga forest, guys. Uh, so I, so imagine a car-sized rabbit. I'm for it. Giant feet. Uh, Volkswagen did that. A giant rabbit? A car set. Uh, there's a Volkswagen rabbit. It was a... Oh. <laughs> now I got the joke. Thank you. <laughs> Catching up to speed here, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Good on you for that, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, so, yeah, so imagine a giant rabbit that you ride, gripped by the ears. It's got big scythe-like tusks because it's dire. Sure. Just gracefully thumping through the forest. Oh, my God. Can you imagine what happens if a colony of those sense a predator? The thumping would be enough to drive off the predator. So point five on the Richter exact. scale, brother. That's what it is. And you know, the good eating. Uh, well, yeah, Austin Pfeffer for yeah. the whole village. Indeed. All right, so that would be my answer, for, uh, bringing to the Taiga Forest. Now, what would yours be? And, and as you mentioned, it could be a person, place, or thing. Okay, so mine's going to be Baba Yaga's cousin. Baba Yaga's cousin. Okay. Right, so we're going to go with like uh, Baba Lala. Baba Lala? Okay. Yeah. I'm cool with that. What, what What's the difference between Baba Yaga and Baba Lala in this, in this term? So Baba Lala is going to have a log cabin on lynx feet. On lynx feet? Yeah, big, puffy, yeah, soft no, I get it. I know feet. what lynx is, yeah. Um, and she is going to represent found hospitality. Like oh. the, the force of hospitality. So a, a kinder, gentler version of Baba Yaga. Yes. However, should you break the hospitality of Baba Lala's cabin? <laughs> just, I just like hearing the word Baba Lala. It seems fun. Yeah. Great name. If you break her hospitality, the floor of her cabin is a teleportation circle. And it teleports you to her less friendly cousin. Ah, I think which would also be humorous as hell is if you got teleported to the rest of the lynx. <laughs> this is a footless lynx yeah. that's fed by people being rude to her. <laughs> yeah, you show up, 
you know, spite Babalala, you get teleported to the Hungry Lynx. I mean, doesn't have any feet to catch you. Doesn't need to if it's as big enough to, you know, carry a house. Right. So think about yeah, that. Something to think about. Yeah. Are you the owner of a Lynx or perhaps you're in the hospitality business? Write to us, info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, Eric, at goblinscorner.com, or me, Matt, at goblinscorner.com. And of course, you can find us on all the things on the internet and sometimes in person. It's true. We we exist in a physical meat space. We we do. We're big walking sacks of meat that occasionally speak. So, speaking of speaking, what are we talking about tonight? Taiga forests. Um... First off, it should be asked, why are we talking about Taiga Forests? When we discussed where you put dinosaurs, right? It's always in the rainforest or things like that. Swamps. Sure. But nobody ever talks about where do you put Ice Age creatures? Yeah. Where are the an- the woolly animals from the Pleistocene? Well, Taiga Forests. Taiga Forests is the perfect place for it. And glaciers. Sure. Which can exist in a Taiga Forest. Or at least near them. Yeah, that's true. So it's a great place to put those types of creatures in a game. And why wouldn't you? I'll tell you why. Giant beaver. Right. There you go. That's it. That's all you need, that's to, all know. You need to know. Is giant that is a real thing. It is absolutely true. Imagine a beaver the size of a pickup truck. Yeah. That's fucking cool, right? <laughs> giant armadillos. Giant oh, giant sloths. armadillos are dope. Yeah, the giant sloth. Uh Saber-toothed tigers, mm-hmm. scimitar-toothed tigers, which is something I found out about recently. With the with the really giant, the uh, the megatherums, mm-hmm. megatherums, I believe. Yep. Yeah, those the, things are cool. The paratherium, uh, yeah, paraceratheriums. Yeah, all kinds of theriums going on here, and theriums. The, the woolly rhinoceros, mm-hmm. which is believed to be where the actual concept of the unicorn came from. Interesting. And you know, if you don't want to look up a book on the Pleistocene, take your typical animal, multiply it by a factor of four to six, add some hair. You The smaller creatures, you multiply by four to six. The larger creatures, you still multiply by 1.5. Look up the Yukon camel. Yukon camel? Camel. Yes, you heard me correctly. There were Ice Age camels. Camels started in North America. Out here in the Yukon, we got a camel the size of a large water tower just gracefully roaming through the treetops. 14 to 16 feet at the shoulder. Yeah, natural history is cool. That is an enormous camel. And I don't know if you know, but camels are vicious, just ruthless critters. I wouldn't be surprised if it had saber teeth on its humps. (laughs) All right, so that's one of the reasons why we we decided to do Tiger Forest. The obviously. saber-humped camel. Saber-humped camel. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, in addition to that. It's, uh, it's fun, right? It's fun. I mean, <laughs> there are so many things that you can do that are just the saber-humped camel, right? Like, that is ridiculous. Except if you look at natural history. It's not all that ridiculous. You think it's ridiculous until I throw it into the next game we play. Here's my surprised face. Everybody else is playing that game for the cleric game. We are going to have a saber-humped camel at some point in the game. Yeah. (laughs) Try writing that, guys. Also, it is a forgotten biome. Yeah. It's just not something you You think about. You don't see it. Which is weird because it is a huge swath of the world. An enormous swath of Most of Siberia. Right. And... Normally, when people think of frigid lands, they go to the tundra, right? Like, that's where their brain goes. But that's not all that realistic. The tundra does exist, obviously, but usually it's bordered on at least one side by a taiga. How did you get to the tundra? There you go. So so that's why we're doing it. Now, what exactly is a taiga forest? Let me explain. Uh, And we looked this up, by the way, on Wikipedia, so if it's incorrect, blame Wikipedia. Taiga forest is often referred to as a boreal or snow forest. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's characterized by coniferous forests consisting mostly of pines, spruces, and larches. Could you pick a larch out? I I could, but here's why. I know a pine tree because we live in Georgia and that's all that exists, but... So the reason I could pick the larch out of that lineup is because I know what the other two 
appropriately look like. Fair enough. There and you go. so I just play one of these things. It's not like the yeah, others. We're not botanists. Uh, taiga is the terrestrial biome with the lowest annual average temperature. It is subarctic. Extreme temperatures can be lower than the tundra. So anywhere around minus 60 degrees Fahrenheit or up to 70 degrees in the summer. Fahrenheit, again. Right. For those in the UK, do the math. Those numbers change. Yeah, do the math. <laughs> Not much uh, precipitation, often glaciation, and usually has poor soil. So it's basically pine forest. Yeah. A cold, cold pine forest. Now, if memory serves me correct, if you look at like the David Attenborough shows or any of the nature programs, it's usually the, they're not really, some of them are really tall trees, but some of them, it's usually like interspersed pine trees with snow. Yes. And it's the one that always have the Arctic foxes dancing in the winter <laughs> and the caribou roaming through and such mm-hmm. and little else. Yeah. There's not much in the way of undergrowth. So if you're looking for a Christmas tree, it's the perfect place to go. Beautiful in the summer as well. It's true. Now, one of the things we didn't mention a lot in here is that in the summer, it is not a snow forest. It is a, car- a coniferous. That sounds so much like carnivorous. I keep trying not to. It's mess a carnivorous it up. forest. It is a coniferous swamp, basically. Because in some areas, yeah. yeah in some areas, it's not, but right. it depends. But it can be a swamp because oftentimes there's permafrost. Mm-hmm. So and the, all that snow doesn't run any place because a lot of times it's flat with depressions now if you're running a game it will be a swamp there's no doubt about that it's a swamp in the summer and it's a winter hellhole in the winter right sure i mean that's how i would run it i'm gonna have because there's gonna be sturges there right because it's gonna be a giant swamp so let me talk to you about dire bats real quick dire bats yeah (laughs) Another thing you can ride. Right. Bats eat mosquitoes. If the mosquitoes are the size of a sturge, then you're going to need bats that are large dire enough bats. to eat those. No, I can, right? I'm, I'm following sense. you on that. Or yeah. dire pigeons. Dire sure. birds of any type, really. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool, too. Think about that. All right. So the taiga presents various unique challenges, and we're going to just go through the typical qualities that we have done for the last couple of terrain series. So we'll go into like travel and terrain and so forth. Um, but there are some different challenges that are, I would say, very unique versus like a swamp or something else. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about traveling in a taiga. And we'll start with, first off, the winter. Okay. How how hard is it to travel in the winter? Do you have a mount with snowshoes? If you are riding something like a dire lynx that has big puffy feet that are designed for snow travel... And why wouldn't you ride a dire lynx? I want one as a Think pet. about it. Yeah, big fat cat. So fluffy. Um, <laughs> it's got the tufts on his ears. Uh, oh my yeah. God, so adorable. I love lynxes. Whips in the wind. But anyway, I, right? Something like that would allow you to travel relatively easily. If you don't have a mount and you're in knee-deep snow because the snowfall banks against all of the trees. It is going to be a nightmare cold slog. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible, but it's highly improbable. Yeah. So something to think about. Uh, You've got, you know, treacherous foot traffic, basically. And it may not snow a lot, as we mentioned, but the snow snow doesn't go anywhere. Then go anywhere. Yeah. Because even in the summer, you still may have permafrost. Right. It may still be snow in the summer, too. That's another thing to consider. In some places, yeah. Uh, in winter, it's almost impossible, because if you do get snowfall, now it's everywhere. Right. And there's nothing to eat. And so getting from one place to the next is going to be tough. In the summertime, you've got, as you mentioned, a bog. Right. In many places. Uh, or forest. But even then, it's kind of a forest, so it's not like there's not apple trees growing anywhere. No. No, there's none of that. Now... Pine needles and spruce tips and such are edible. The good news is you won't die of scurvy. Fair enough. You're not going to collect enough calories to survive without hunting critters. And in this kind of place, critters can be dangerous. Yes, absolutely. So it is often a large environment as well, because these, at least in our world, these forests are 
fairly huge. Right. And in your game, it should be one of the last refuges for, say, the fae or other creatures and stuff. We'll get to that in a minute. But sure. think of it as a giant forest. And when we say giant, and we, let's, let's put this in size here. For those of you who are in Europe, a taiga forest is the size of your continent. That's, yeah. that's not an exaggeration. That is a literal size description. It's big. Your entire continent is this forest. Now, it doesn't have to in your game, but if you want to impose a sense of awe or distance, imagine they teleport in. They're in the middle of a taiga forest. They look around. They see a bunch of trees. They go a few miles or a few days. They still see the same type of trees. They travel for a month. They're still the same type of trees. Occasionally, a snow fox bounces around. Dire bunny. Yeah, dire bunny. Gracefully scything through the trees with his, <laughs> with his big mandibles and such. It's this, got mandibles now? Well, yeah, why not? Of course it has mandibles and those giant scythe-like teeth. So the terrain can get you. Traveling is tough. Yeah. We talk about the terrain, of course. We, we mentioned the forest and the swamps. What else could be in a taiga forest in terms of terrain? Oftentimes, taiga forests are bordered by mountain ranges. Okay, so you've got some mountain adventures as well. Might have some orcs in there. Sure. Or just have to climb a damn mountain. Or arctic dwarves. Arctic dwarves, yeah. Mining for uh, true ice. Sure. Or even, you know, just... Molson ice or (laughs) other types of ice. Who knows? I don't think they're mining for molson ice. They like real beer. No one mines for molson ice. Uh, Permafrost is another thing you could have, as we mentioned before. Now, permafrost sucks. There you go. <laughs> and if it gets heated up, it could literally uncover anything. Yes. Which is cool. We're, and we, I, yeah, we pardon get to the pun. A little later. Pardon the pun. But yeah, so think Fair. about what it uncovers and such. What else could exist in this area? Bodies of water. Like you could have shallow lakes that are enormous. You could have rivers that form with the first thaw. Mm-hmm. And that could happen in a flash flood style speed. So first day of spring, you guys are tromping through the snow. Next thing you know, mudslide. How fun is that? Well, fun for the DM. Right. Yeah, not for you. Not for the players. Other natural dangers include, of course, the cold. Because yeah, it's, cause it's cold. Depending upon your game, you can rock the hype. Uh, what is it, the um, hypothermia rules? Sure. You could do cold damage. And actually, one of the things a lot of people don't think about is I don't know if they changed it. I'd have to look it up, but the lowest level of endure elements is negative 30. Mm-hmm. It gets down to negative 70 on the taiga. Yeah. So you're still screwed. You gotta yeah. wear some winter gear, man. Yep. Can't oh, be. This actually reminds me of something. I don't know if you know this, but when it gets cold enough, Trees can literally explode. Certainly pine trees do often. Yes. And since this is a coniferous forest, you could just be walking along, accidentally bump into a tree. I'm going to need you to make a deck save because if you bumped it too hard, that tree might literally shatter. Which is awesome. (laughs) So you're walking through a death trap of shattering trees. Yeah. And you ever been hit by a tree? I haven't. You know why? Because if you did, you're dead. Oh, no, no, no. Trees are huge. The trees don't fall on you. That's the problem. They, the, the oh, center the sh- of the trunks literally explode. They yeah. shatter. And the shrapnel yep. pierces you, and then the tree falls on you. Yeah, And then, yeah, the rest of the tree falls on yeah, you. Yeah, so it sucks. <laughs> it's bad days. There's also, and this we mentioned this a little bit, there's a lack of resources. Sure. Unless you're, you know, just a hardcore survivalist. And again, depends on your game. Right. But something to add a little realism as well. Well, wildlife is always hungry because there's wolves or dire wolves, or as I mentioned, carnivorous, you know, rampaging (laughs) rabbits, dire rabbits with mandibles and scythe. Like they probably have tentacles at this point. Why not? Dire caribou. Dire caribou. Yeah. How big is that? A dire dire moose. moose. (laughs) Yeah. You know where we're going with this. I mean, that thing could see over the trees. That would be terrifying. Now, you know what I would do. I mean, you're talking 20 foot tall at the shoulder. You at kill point. it, you, you skin it, and then you 
you animate the the skeleton and you have a mobile platform. Sure. It's an ATAT at that time. Yes, it is. It's giant, literally an ad-ad. <laughs> Problem solved. There you go. <laughs> um, what what are the natural dangers do we have? We talked about the cold and the lack of resources. Bringing Star Wars to your Dungeons and Dragons. Games. There you go, guys. Uh, in the summer, you once again, every every issue that comes with a marsh is going to come with this only colder, mm-hmm. right? Because all of this is thawed snow. Once again, the hypothermia is real. The good news is your paladin will probably die of hypothermia before he drowns in the swamp. That's a good point. And there's bugs in and the summer. But like I said, sturges, right? I want dire bugs also. Giant scorpions, maybe? Or centipedes, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. R- Giant what is it, dragonflies. The, the remoras? The uh, ones yeah. on the on the ice? You could totally add those in. We'll talk more about yeah, that we get, stuff. Yeah, we're getting the creatures in a little bit. The marshy land? So, yeah, your paladin's going to sink. Have a backup paladin. Speaking of sinking. Oh, there's varying terrain that you could also present. So we're talking, you know, we've been talking mostly like marshy land or mountainous land, but there's also some other examples. So give me some. So the taiga most likely runs all the way to the coast. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you could have a nice ocean going vessel hit the taiga. Sure. Sinkholes. Sure. In the places when you have, when you do have thaws, all that water has to go somewhere. And if you've got limestone deposits, you've got sinkholes. It could also be complete permafrost for, say, several years. And then you get one warm summer and that was all ice. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the house is gone or half the village. Yep. Which is kind of neat. We mentioned mountains. Sure. But you're also going to have fields. And just straight up other forests. Yep. So you could have a mix between all of that. And we should say that it's kind of like the bridge land between various other environments as well. And it doesn't completely lack deciduous trees. It's just there are far fewer of them there. Sure. And if we're incorrect, not too bad. This is a a game episode. (laughs) Uh, How would you survive in this harsh land? Pack a bunch of food in. Sure. (laughs) But... You know, we discussed that, right? Like, how do you find food when the ground is freaking solid rock and there are very few trees which are going to create food? Like I said, yes, technically there are trees that you can eat bits of, but that's not a lot of calories. Now, you might have cranberry bogs mm-hmm. when it warms up. Like uh, lingonberries are wild cranberries that grow in very cold environments. So you might have some things like that. Uh, you've got cloud berries and uh, salmon berries. Snog berries. They taste like snog berries. berries. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, See, this is what happens when I get too realistic. Yeah. Uh, Now, shelter (laughs) is often non-existent. Right. Because, you know, conifers kind of go out, but they don't really provide a lot of wind cover. I've actually seen what you do here. What you do here is cut the trees down and burn them for wood. Well, are you going to hit that tree with an axe at negative 70? Oh, good point. It might, it might shatter. I'm going to let you do that. Explode in your face. Pardon me while I stand over here. See, those moral quandaries. (laughs) Send the paladin over there. He's going to die anyway. Man, I'm going to let the barbarian throw an axe. Fair enough. Yeah. Get the barbarian to do it. That's what he's good for. He's got an axe anyway. You know he does. Every one of them does. Even the ones that rock the sword, they've got an axe. Wait, I mean, you should have a throwing axe. What are you What are you doing for a ranged attack while you're closing? Good point. Or a throwing hammer, for that matter. Just something to throw. So what shelter would you do? I would literally... No, that was that was what I was going oh, to say. Oh, have the barbarian is, cut some is, trees down? If... Uh, all you do is you clear out a couple of the bottom branches and then stay behind the snowbank that's already there. Hmm. And basically use those branches to create the rest of the shelter. Nice. There were hand movements that went with that, so well, you the should YouTube watch on people, the video. Yeah, you get to see it on YouTube. In addition, you might have some caves if there's mountains around, but oftentimes those caves could definitely be occupied. Yes. Now, they you could should. be occupied by standard animals in the game. Sure. if Bears, but, but wolves. But at that point, they're going to be smaller caves. 
Sure. Probably not large enough to house a whole party. And or, any cave that's large enough to house a whole party is probably going to house a large creature or several or smaller pissed creatures. off cave bear. Yep. And finally, the weather is also a unique challenge. Absolutely. It's cold and windy. Right. Might be briefly warm and then it's filled with bugs. What else do we have potentially in store for us in terms of weather? Depending on where, where, right? You might have fogs that pull in off of the ocean. Transporting you to Ravenloft or other vile locales. Or it's just a freezing fog and it turns into very bad times very quickly. Oh, that would be, yeah, that would really, now everybody's damp and frozen. <laughs> yep. We talked about snow and wind. Sure. But you could also get ice storms. Mm-hmm. Once again, pulling off the ocean where the humidity is building up and then comes out over that frigid wasteland. Now, these are going to be rare occurrences. This should, this should not be something you do on a daily basis because it's a low precipitation area. Right. But in your game, maybe it isn't. It depends. Again, use some of these to spice up the drama in sure. your game when they're marching through the taiga. Or if they're in a druid's area that doesn't want them around, the druid just makes it precipitate because they can. Yeah, make it so. <laughs> so dying of exposure is definitely something that can happen. Yes. In addition to unique challenges, we have all sorts of fun, unique creatures that you can use. And it should be noted, obviously, mammals, because they're warm-blooded, would most likely be in the taiga. Sure. So, you know, Hares we mentioned, and foxes, and wolves of all types, and bears, oh my. Yeah, you got uh, some moles that dig around under the permafrost. Yeah, get a little mole action on them. Yeah. Sure. But you can also go crazier than that. I mean, there, I in my fantasy campaign, throw some lions in there, or some snow tigers. Yes, snow leopards and yeah. snow tigers. That would be kind of cool. Birds of all types. Definitely vultures. Sure. And or snow vultures or whatever the equivalent of that is. Right. I don't ravens. Is there actually is there a snow vulture? No. No. Uh, ravens are, there are now. vultures. Sure. There you go. <laughs> and that answers I'm ha- it. yeah, I'm having snow vultures in my game. But you mentioned ravens. Okay. Right. Yeah. Once again, you've got your normal mammals, right? But you could and regular birds, but you could have cold adapted magical creatures or cold adapted normal creatures. Like Ice lizards, Mr. Frostoad. Mr. Toad, man. That's my boy. Ice beetles. Ice or... beetles, yeah. Ice beetles would be cool. We mentioned, a, you know, a, an ice armadillo of some sort. Sure. Imagine a furry salamander. Who knows? It could happen. Yeah. Hey, man, they got remoras in the Arctic. Sure. In, in D&D. What is it? They look like centipedes, but they, they're they warm. Yeah, they their backs turn bright red and they and melt burn. through yeah. Yeah, the, the permafrost. So, I mean, like... If they've got that kind of crap, why not? Magic adaptation. Yeah, it just that's how it works. In the summertime, you could have all sorts of swamp creatures. Yes. And if you'd like a list of those creatures that are deadly in the swamp, go listen to our terrain series on swamps. Yeah. And as it starts to cool down, maybe they move further south or further north, depending on how your world's they you know, grow your geography. fur and bigger teeth. So the megather- <laughs> the 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 Velociraptor basically just grows fur. The maned Velociraptor. The maned Velociraptor. Think about that. It, it goes from cold-blooded to warm-blooded. That would be interesting. Yeah, that that's, be a, cool. that's a cool concept. For a sci-fi game, yeah. that would be awesome. The ultimate predator. I'm for that. I'm for that as well. You can get polar creatures of all sorts. Mm-hmm. So polar bears, obviously, but penguins. Sure. Seals, if you're on the coast. Yep, sea lions and walruses and... All of that fun stuff. Growler bears. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we mentioned the megafauna from the Pleistocene. So what are some examples that we maybe didn't mention? Well, I don't think we actually mentioned the classic, which is the mammoth or the mastodon. Yeah, I mean, woolly mammoth. I started to say that's the big one, but ah, that, yeah, I like that pun. I got hit with my own pun. We kind of mentioned cl- uh, cave bears and then uh, glyphodons, which are the giant armadillos that have fur on them. Giant armadillos. Giant armadillos. Something I would like you to consider, folks. 
armadillos carry disease. They carry leprosy. They are the only creatures that carry leprosy mm-hmm. other than humans. I'm just saying, if you're really not a nice DM. They carry mummy rot too. A mummified glyptodon. That's <laughs> awful. I'm here for you. Giant sloths. Giant sloths. Sloths that exist now are related to the creatures that used to exist. But giant sloths were not slow. Slow, nor were they pacifists. Here's something I learned. There's actually a dire wolf. Yeah, oh yeah, like a proper dire wolf. There's literally a dire wolf. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's a for real thing. That is a for real thing. And you should totally put that in your taiga. Yes. Stick that in your taiga. <laughs> and smoke it. Yeah. Woolly rhinos we mentioned. Of course, the real reason we would want to do the taiga forest, giant beavers. Giant beavers. Big ass beaver. <laughs> and then I could do the scene I from Naked I could do the scene from Naked Gun. Look at the size of that beaver. Oh. I was <laughs> I was going with uh Primus. Oh, that, I like that too. Yeah. We got both both deep deep cuts from the nineties guys. Yeah. All right. Uh <laughs> And finally, I would say finally, but the, if you're playing a fantasy campaign. You've got to have your magical creatures and monsters. 100%. So what are some magical monsters and creatures that we would add to the taiga? Dire everything. Everything. Dire moose. Yeah. Dire arctic fox. Dire octopus that's furred. I'm sure. just going to add random animals and add fur and make it bigger. Sure. A dire lionfish that's furred. Sure. I'm totally down for that as well. Uh, Remora, as we mentioned, dire uh, any type of di- giant bugs, so a dire mosquito. Yes. Which is basically a sturge. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I mentioned dire mosquito while we were talking about this, it occurred to me that sturges are literally serve that purpose. Yes. Elementals of all stripes. Sure. Obviously, an ice elemental would be perfect, or some kind of uh, fog elemental would be cool. I also... Like, you know me, I like the idea of pair elementals as well. The combination elementals, a permafrost elemental. That would be very interesting. And in the summer, it would be a uh, swamp elemental. It could. I mean, you could have a mud elemental that's yeah, also ooze. a permafrost elemental. Yeah. Think about some fun elementals you could add to that. And of course, when you got elementals and other types of spirits, you obviously have fey. I mean, you've got a giant ancient forest. You should have fey. You should. You just should. What What are some good uh, winter fay that would be useful to add to this? Well, first off, you could have winter eladrin, obviously. The thing is, is to me, the taiga feels very Slavic. So you could have hags. You could have hags. Yeah. So like a some kind of winter hag would be kind of cool. There's uh, there's what is it? Sprites of 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 ice and snow as well. Sure. You can flavor any fay that exists with colder flavors. Summer versus winter court. Mm-hmm. What else could you have? You could have goblinoids, right? A lot of times they're pushed to the edges of places that are habitable. And so you got, you know, orcs, hobgoblins, bugbears, regular goblins. And you could have just straight up goblins and bugbears and such, or you could have cold adapted ones as well. Sure. Maybe ferocious furred tusked goblins dire goblins dire goblins yeah think dire about that goblins. dire goblins a goblin five, eight foot tall bulbous headed goblin with scythe like teeth uh, just a beautiful mane of fur yeah and a big fucking club <laughs> still got the same squeaky voice oh yeah sure why not because goblins what are you gonna do tell them not to yeah Hey, put a little bass in your voice. Thud. And I want to I want to add one more type of creature that I think would be really cool that we haven't seen much of. Yes. Treants. Yes. Or if you're Lord of the Rings, Ents. Right. But the carnivorous type. Not carnivorous, but... Ca- uh, coniferous. <laughs> yes, yeah, coniferous. See? See, it's it's you, hard to say. Yeah. It's true. Especially, we're talking about TTRPGs. Carnivorous is the default word there. Fair enough. But no, yeah. I don't know that I have ever seen a coniferous treant drawing 
art anywhere. There you go. Something to think about, artists. It's true. Drop a couple pine trees as treants. And after and you do add that, them to this campaign. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be super cool. Super cool. After you do that, I want a bonsai treant. A um, bonsai treant. Yes. Just a tiny it's, little treant, but it's still 500 years super old. Super feng shui, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk a little bit more about Taiga Forests, but we'll be right back. After these messages. If there are any topics you would like us to cover, goods or services you would like us to review, or if you would like to sponsor an episode, we would love for you to contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. And we're back. Welcome back. So we're talking Terrain Series Part 4, Taiga Forests. Indeed. And we were just talking about some of the dangers and challenges of the natural environment of the taiga, or the unnatural environment depending on how you're playing sure as and well some as the critters that oh, yeah. inhabited it also natural or unnatural sure and so now i think it would be a good time to maybe talk about what else lives in the taiga so let's talk about some unique cultures in the taiga forest sure. or the boreal forest i think you could easily find some hunter-gatherer style societies mm-hmm. whether larger groups or small yeah since we're going Pleistocene, I feel like Neanderthals. Neanderthals would be great. And what a great hunter-gatherer society that would be. Yeah, you could absolutely mix and match that. Now, 3rd edition had, was it Frostburn? Yes. So you could take those rules and bump them up to 5th, or if you're already playing 3rd, then it doesn't matter. Right. And if you're playing something else, you could look up those rules and maybe adapt them to your game as well. If they don't have those rules... Or you could literally just look up Neanderthals and hunter-gatherers. Toss, toss them into your game, yeah, which is also fun. And I think that would be kind of a cool thing to uh, to play because, again, it's it's just you know different culture, right? Right. I mean, granted, they were they were human. Yeah. They were a different type of human. Yes. And we're all still a little bit Neanderthal. That's true. We do all have a little bit of that in us. And if you don't believe me, you can talk to Nat Geo about it. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, Nomadic traders. Like You might have people that go from group to group to group to group, trading as necessary. Hunting caribou or hunting the sized, mandibled, giant, dire rabbit. Yes. The saber-humped camel. The saber-humped camel, yes. (laughs) Whatever. The, 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 The furry flumph. Yes, the woolly flump. The woolly flump. You're welcome, guys. I want to see a woolly flump as well. Although, if they're hunting the woolly flump, they're going to hell. They are going to hell for that. Something to consider in terms of cultures, the Norse. Yeah. Viking culture. Yeah. I mean, it fits right in with that. Of course, it does in the Arctic or even on the seacoast as well, but why not throw a little bit of that in there? Yeah. They might ply their trade along the river banks. I mean, it's not like the Vikings didn't use rivers also. That's a good point. And you can also make your own species or culture for the taiga. So think about, in terms of if you're going to make your own, how have they adapted to the taiga? And then is there some sort of place that you can put them in the taiga? So against a mountain or a forest or even a cave? Sure. And this is a place, by the way, that's absolutely ripe for creating your own species. Right. As we stated, it's already an underserved location. It is a great place to put new things third party authors yeah you're welcome please make a source book please we've got raiders thieves brigands like uh you know uh an out well tin towns is a great example of that right like just outlaw outposts yeah and you know the taiga forest is pretty much on the edge of the world anyway it's right before you get to the tundra and or even right before you get to just ice right and so, from a storyline perspective, this may be the last forest. Yeah. Before there's just no, a gigantic expanse of nothing. Yeah, you could have literally giant glaciers. So ask yourself, when you have raiders, brigands, thieves, or just any type of criminal, or honestly, people on the run of any stripe, what are they hiding from? What are they running from? Right. And then how do they survive where they are? Is it by magic? Is it because maybe this is a trade route with, I don't know, maybe people hunting seals or something like that? 
or maybe it's on the coast and it's the last refuge. Maybe this is a criminal outpost. Like people come here to hire criminals to do things and this is where they return to. Yeah. Like maybe they, they aren't hiding from anything. They're training. This is where they live. They're training. Just, the best criminals on the planet come from right here. Yes. I like that. That's a pretty, I like that idea. Yeah. What's your export? Mostly criminals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool. You can also think about uh, trailblazers. Because there's going to be explorers. This is like a, the last great refuge of wilderness. And you're always going to have some noble that is the first person or the person that wants to be the first person to stick a flag somewhere. Yep. Explorers, explore societies would be great. And this, by the way, isn't just like NPCs you can stick in. These can also be different types of um, examples for storylines. So you could have an explorer society literally hire the adventurers to go to the taiga. Right. Hey, we need muscle. It's dangerous out there. We found this artifact. It dates from this place at this time. Go find some more. Sure. Cartographers would be cool. Uh, poachers, hunters. Wildlife film crews. Yeah, which we, which we added from our Swamps episode. And you know what? Why not? Yeah. You're in a Shadowrun campaign, chummer. Then you've got a Tridio drone flying you know, with you. Or if you're from an Eberron campaign, you've got somebody who's literally recording it on a magic crystal. The woolly juggernaut from Shadowrun. So imagine it take a juggernaut and and make it even bigger. Give it tusks. <laughs> the dire juggernaut. The dire juggernaut. Yes. That would be awesome. Uh, you could have corporate biomedical teams. Maybe there's something in the taiga that is very interesting. You've got lichens. You've got uh, giant... Uh, fungal fields, like huge, 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 vast tracts of land. Well, the the largest plant in the world is a fungus. A fungus. Yeah, yeah. Something else to consider because you're in the taiga. Oil. Sure. I yeah. mean, and if you're in a or sci- methane or some kind of resource, because if you got permafrost, there could be organic material right below the permafrost. Sure. Sitting there quietly for millennia, doing what it does, turning into oil or methane or other types of, you know, even coal, I guess. Yeah. Something else you could have is uh, just research groups. Yeah. Right? So just, corporate or academic. Yeah. What you need to have is basically something in the taiga to make it worth it. So what is it? Why are they, they going to make this dangerous trek? Sure. And for some of them, it's going to be knowledge. For some of them, it's going to be resources, resources, ruins, cash money, yeah. export of thieves. I really like that idea. That's that is that is something I have not heard of. In a, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Or, what do you export? Thieves. I hear a lot of like fantasy stories and stuff. Or oh, this this place makes the greatest warriors, right? Yeah. They export place, the best steel. Yeah, they export the best sorcerers. This is a mage college here. You don't hear a lot of thieves. No. You want some cutthroats? You go here. Yes. This is what you need to get a job done, and you don't care about the moral repercussions. Talk to these people. That We're using that. That's awesome. Something to consider because it is filled with nature. Nature cults. It's a great place for them because they're huge tracts of generally uninhabited land. Mm-hmm. So it is w- a place where nature rules. Yes. So you could do elemental worship is one thing that comes to mind for me. Sure. You've got like a spirit of frost or something like that. Or if you're in the Forgotten Realms, what is it? Aural? Mm-hmm. Frost maiden. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Uh, you've Wind. So you could have Shandackle for Forgotten Realms or... Yep. Any of the others? Let's see. Druids. Sure. Lycanthropes. I could see that. But not just lycanthropes. You could have dire woolly lycanthropes. Dire woolly mastodon lycanthropes. <laughs> Aware mastodon. Aware mastodon. You're welcome once again. Aware glyptodon. 
Yes. I want a giant, giant furry armadillo. I'm picturing that in my mind, and I'm liking everything I see. Doesn't that basically just kind of come out as... Ridiculous? A Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtle, but with like an alligator snapping turtle. And a tail. Yes, that would be cool. And also, Dead Gods. What a great place for either the original gods or gods which have died to reside and or, be found. Or an, eld- an elder evil locked beneath the ice. Yes. Wise healers or protectors of nature magic would also be a great storyline option for cultures. Yeah. And as you stated before, not, not only could it be where dead gods are, but this could be where the old gods live. Yeah. There's, there's a deific retirement home out in the middle of the taiga. Instead of like Olympus, they go into the forest. Yeah. Just chill. I mean, they've got a sun god there to keep them warm. Yeah. That would be kind of neat. Can you imagine? Mystical forest where you just, it just opens up and there's a village. You don't pitch this. You don't foreshadow it. Nothing. Your, your heroes are just marching along through the taiga. Wow, there's a brightly lit forest over there, Welcome. or a brightly lit, lit village over there. Welcome to Shangri-La. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's right there. Yeah, that would be fun. We mentioned uh, ancient evils, but also ancient goods would be fun. Yeah. And most importantly, especially for a fantasy campaign, lost kingdoms. Absolutely. Ruins, guys. Lots of frozen ruins. where or liches, not ruins. Or not ruins, where liches reside. And, yeah. Yeah. What if it was literally just a lost kingdom? If you go a thousand miles in any direction and you haven't found any other place yet, at what point in time do you just start building your kingdom? Good point. Yeah, we, we decided to stop here. We built this kingdom. It's got some reserves of whatever. Yeah. And we've existed here for thousands of years because no one else has messed with us. Right. No one else is going to trek into the woods. We got nobody on, you know, north of us because it's glaciers. Right. And everybody from the south is way, way, way to the way south. Way to the south. Yeah. Perfect place to be. That would be hilarious. So, what do we know about these lost kingdoms or existing kingdoms? Stories, rumors, myths, maybe a little bit of both. All maybe, of them, yeah. Maybe just talk from the seafarers on the coast. Or maybe we don't know, you know, depend once again, depending on how you want to run your game, you get hired by a cartographer and you didn't know anything about it. You were just out there mapping stuff and stumbled upon boom kingdom, this, this huge kingdom. Yeah. Could also go. We talked about an ancient tech or magic, but you could also do some sort of tech level on a cyberpunk s- scale as well. Imagine a group of hackers that are out in the woods. They've got their own power source. Maybe they maybe there's some geothermal power that's powering all of their stuff and they're Absolutely. just a group of hackers that have connected to the global satellite network. They're out in the middle of nowhere, so no one's gonna find them. It's true. And one of the other benefits is What are you gonna do? You can trace trace their net uh, their matrix run back? Okay. Now you at least you still have an, at least a couple hours before the ballistic missiles get there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like can't nuke them from orbit. And they don't have to worry about cooling for their overclocked machines. Yeah, they just stick them outside. Yes. Like, literally. That's a good point. It's a lot of fun options for a culture in the taiga. Their server closet just has an open window. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a closet. It's mostly just a sunroom. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. (laughs) That's that's really fun. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about some themes for the taiga. Sure. Uh, One of the themes we usually cover is travel. So, getting from here to there. Right. Chases. Oh, yeah being chased through the woods where it's just never ending. All you can hear is the dire moose behind you crashing through the woods. As it stomps, stomps like an ad at. <laughs> so you're on the run. That's another theme that's in terms of travel, but also, and again, we mentioned this mostly uh, exploration. Absolutely. You're on the hunt or being hunted by something, but what if you're being hired as, basically like a safari guide oh that would be cool right you stumble upon the cult of lycanthropes 
and now you're on you were on the hunt for something interesting and now you're being hunted by something very interesting yes. and interested in you the cult of the dire wolf is or the cult of the dire wolf is bad enough but the cult of the dire moose is a terror to behold yeah but the cult of the dire armadillo the cult of the glyphodon yep. lycanthrope that would that would really suck <laughs> they're coming at me from everywhere they look like just mounds furry mounds teeth so those are fun and of course survival yeah, is just, always a great option it's hard out here yeah the theme of survival is always something that's fun uh primal spirits and primal magic is our next theme sure you've got old fey yeah so it could literally be maybe the original ones maybe this is where the uh the world bleeds through yeah this would this would be a great place for naturally occurring portals to the Feywild. Yeah. We talked about druids. Druid, I mean, just gr- druid groves would be cool here. Pun intended. The Norse Pantheon. Sure. It's also a place for portals to and you Asgard could go, or... Yeah, you could go Inuit or Slavic or, uh, I don't know, like some Mongolian. kind of... Mongolian. Yeah, yeah. Any, any place, any of those types of uh, mythos if you want to incorporate that into your game. Or you could just go straight fantasy and borrow, like a buffet table, different elements to make your own deities and such. It's true. We have done that before. Yeah. Well, not just that, but we have an episode for it. That is also true. Consider maybe original archetype artifacts. Yes. Now, we mentioned in a previous episode, again, the concept of the first torch. Right. What else could be incorporated from that kind of idea think about that for your game you may as we discussed have literal neanderthals here what if they have the first tools the first spear the first axe the first atlatl mm-hmm. and the generations of personification and item worship what has that imbued into these items yes the concepts of cold, heat, wind, and wood. Another great theme to run on. Yeah. We also have the elements in general. So we talked about survival, obviously. So dying of exposure is an easy theme to run with for a horror campaign or for, honestly, for any campaign. Sure. But You've got starvation. Oh, yeah. Sacrifice. The concept of sacrifice. Maybe you have to, can't get there unless you sacrifice something important. It doesn't have to be sacrifice of people, although that's an easy one. It could also be something just in general sacrifice. What did uh, Terry Pratchett say? The dread algebra of survival. Yes. <laughs> the concept of hardship or stoicism. Sure. So being having to suffer just to get to a point or suffering leads to wisdom in many ways. Hardship leads to wisdom. One of the concepts that we have down here is the concept of the living eternity. Okay, what do you mean by that? If you are in a taiga and you are going from one end to the other without uh, a means of transport, right? You can't teleport or what have you yet. Okay. Every day is going to look like every other day. So it would be just never ending. Yeah. If you think about... uh when people crossed the ocean on sailing vessels, mm-hmm. right? The endless expanse of water from horizon to horizon, that same concept, people actually going mad from it, that same concept would apply to this particular landmass. It would be like a Wheel of Time novel, but you're playing it. You're walking in the forest. You're still walking in the forest. You're walking in the forest. And then still walking in the forest. Yeah. Not in the desert, but you're walking in the forest. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything looks like everything else. Yep. The and concept of getting lost and wayfinding would be tough. Imagine. Can't get lost if you don't know where you are. Well, and that's not true. Can you imagine having seen so many pine trees that the sight of one birch tree brings you joy? That's that would be an interesting thing to describe, 
and have your players react to. If you could, as a storyteller, like masterfully describe that scenario and how your characters feel, or maybe have your characters talk about how they feel, that would be really cool to bring something up like that. In addition to other concepts, we've got the concepts and themes of old worlds. And there's a lot of different things to choose from. So civilizations lost in time. And that could literally be, they're literally lost in time. Right. We talked about portals to other worlds. I mean, hey, maybe this is where time is frozen. Sure. There, it literally gets cold enough that time stops here. Yep. Which could be why you have Neanderthals. That's very accurate, yes. And dire everything. And dire everything. One of the things you can talk about, you know, we talked basically about civilizations lost in time, but what about horrors that are barely underneath the surface? Something lurks beneath the ice. Yeah, so absolutely. like the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Fighting back the darkness. Sure. So maybe... Some kind of evil, I mentioned the lich, right? Like an evil lich in the frozen north. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden took, like, ran with that concept oh, pretty yeah. well. What about literally, not figuratively, but literally hibernating evils? Just resting, waiting for their time to wake up and destroy things, like the Tarsk? Sure. Maybe they're just. Maybe it's something that is, as we talked about, locked in ice, and all it's going to take is one particularly warm summer. Or an axe. Or an axe. <laughs> uh, the concept of cave life would be kind of cool. Sure. Or just cave civilizations would be really neat to explore in terms of themes. Ice shrouding the world. Now, this is something which was, again, explored in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Yeah. She was trying to cover the world. Eternal darkness and ice. Yeah, but I mean, what if there's like an artifact that's just beaming cold out? Could be fun. That would be lots of fun. The Ring of Winter. Yes. And then the concept of things buried. Just in general. Yeah. All, all sorts of things. Go metaphysical with that if you want, or you could just be literally things that are buried beneath the permafrost. Or little column A, little column B. Little column A, little column B. Finally, we've come to the theme of time and space. That's right. So what do we have for that? Impermanence. Okay. So one of the easy themes for this is impermanence. And that's because things that are built on permafrost tend not to last great amounts of time. Especially with climate change. <laughs> it's true. But just in general, with the ground constantly moving, foundations tend not to be happy. You know, it's, it's, things are facing constant pressure from above, right? The elements, but also from beneath in a way that you don't find in most other parts of the world. Yeah. And that's an interesting concept to explore. We also have uh, a deceiving environment, which you mentioned a little bit about, you know, just a whole... Everything looks the same. Mm -hmm. And for a Feywild campaign, this would be great. Sure. Because it's literally just a giant hedge maze, but with conifers. I think that would be choice. And throw up, oh yeah, you come to a snowbank. It's the same snowbank you guys were at. And you find out you've been making circles for three days. Sure. That would be lots of fun. It screws with the compass. And maybe the further you go, it just points you back to that same spot. That'd be a neat theme to explore. And also the bridge between worlds, because as it is, it is a bridge between the Southern areas of the world and then the Arctic. It right. could literally be a bridge between worlds. Literally, figuratively, metaphorically, and metaphysically. Yeah. <laughs> it's a busy place. Imagine you walk into the taiga and you're now someplace else in the world or on another world. Yeah. As we said, it would be a great, so, obviously, as we mentioned, be a great place for the Feywild, but it would also be a great place to enter the para-elemental plane of ice. Yes. It would be a great place to enter even possibly things like the deep ethereal, where 
a world of ice is forming. Or Stygia. Yes. Frozen hells. Yep. There's lots of things that could. Carcery. Yeah. You could go to Asgard. Sure. Why not? So lots of different options for that. Uh, Speaking of options, we've got a couple story options as well. One or two. One or two. So (laughs) these are just some examples that you can use uh, to kind of get the ball rolling. And I'll let you go ahead and start off first. And I think these, by the way, are great ideas. Just if you want to have something in the taiga, here you go. So one of the things you could have, because it can be an icy environment and at certain points in times a swampy environment, you could have a clash between a silver dragon and a white dragon. Sure. Or a silver dragon and a black dragon. Or all three. Or a white dragon and a black dragon. Or all three. Yeah. Battle of dragons. That would be nice. And if you pick one of them to back, if you're a good party, theoretically the silver, then you get a split of two hordes. Hmm. Right? Because if you're assisting the dragon to beat the other two dragons, then... Payment is required. Yes, indeed. A group of dwarves hires the party to seek out a lost kingdom. Absolutely. Easy peasy. Yep. All you got to do is search that whole mountain range. You'll find it. Go find it. Go into that tiger forest and find it. (laughs) Rumors of monsters in the woods could just be Neanderthals. Yeah. They're looking for the abominable snowman. Now you've got Neanderthal. It's just a Neanderthal that was wearing an Arctic fox fursuit. Human frontier town encroaches on the never-before-seen snow elves. Absolutely. We need more goblins or snow orcs or snow creature. Right. But what we need is more flavors of elves, Eric. No, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) We don't. All right. A, A particularly hot summer could melt a local glacier and unearth terrors that are frozen. So, what kind of terrors? Is it an evil artifact? Is it creatures that were capable of surviving in the glacier? What is it? Could literally be anything. A group of lycanthropes hunts the PCs for sport. That's right, the cult of the Glyptodon. Yeah, or it hunts the town for sport. The PCs stumble upon it, or whatever. Sure. The PCs are hired to hunt the lycanthropes that are hunting the town. Also a great story option. Characters are lost in the forest and must survive. On the giant Arctic hare. Sure. As they ride it with its delicious feet, leatherback seats. It's got stereo. I don't know. Why not? Sure. Mandibles and a scythe. All right, uh, <laughs> an expanding town angers the ancient spirits of the woods, and now they got to deal with that, or the PCs have to deal with that. One way or the other. Yeah, every time. Stupid humans. Stupid people. Walking along a particular path in the forest takes the players to... Dot, dot, dot. Shangri-La. Right. The elemental planet Ice. The or Feywild. a cave bear's mouth. Most likely. A merchant beseeches the players to find magical ice which does not melt. Sure. I didn't come up with this one, by the way. This is a fairy tale episode. Oh. The anime? Yeah. Just to let you know. Still works. Yeah. Well, that concept has been around for, for a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dragonlance had it. Dire blank plagues the town. Yeah. A dire anything can plague a town if you don't have adventurers. I, I love all of this. Dire ants. Sure. Giant flea rhinoceros ants. <laughs> Why not? PCs are hired to dismantle a dire beaver dam, which is threatening to flood the town. Now think of a beaver dam and think of a dire beaver dam. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, dire beavers, man. That's what's that's what's up. And this is part of why we, we brought up the dire beavers, A, because they're great. Huge car sized beavers did exist. And B, because instead of just being a nuisance, they could be an actual threat by just being beavers. Or they could be trained construction crews. Also true. 
Yeah. Think if, about it. If guys. you wanted, if you got the town, one druid with animal friendship, brother, you are sold. Yep. Now all of a sudden you have a fishing town yeah. in the middle of the taiga. I need a lake right there. <laughs> it's oh easy. Got a couple dire beavers. Go to town. So you, what you do is you take the dire moles, and you have them dig the pit. Yes. And then you have the dire beavers make the dam. Boom. And you carry everything on the dire moose. Yeah. Problem solved. And you eat the dire rabbits. The spirit of a long dead surveyor tricks others into the woods to die of exposure. Yep. Simple. Sure. But effective. Great for a horror game. Or great to get PCs lost in Taiga Forest. Sure. He's a helper. <laughs> PCs hired by a mysterious stranger to retrieve an ancient relic. So once again, uh, here we've got down the first torch as an example, but obviously it could be any ancient relic. Yeah. And finally, miners or a hot summer or whatever pesky kids right. investigating something unearth a long lost civilization of ruins. What is that civilization? What are those ruins? What horrors are unlurked? What artifacts are uncovered? What shenanigans are your characters going to get into? Always a fun story option. I'm going to blame it on the dire mole rat. Or the dire beaver. So there you have it. Some story options, unique challenges, creatures and such for you to interject into your world in the Taiga Forest. Fun. I love it. Yeah, everything Seems about like fun. it. Did we miss something? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com or you can reach me, eric at goblinscorner.com or me, matt at goblinscorner.com. We're on all of the things. Here are some things we happen to be on. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitch. As Goblins Corner. We're also on Instagram. As The Goblins Corner. Did you like our show? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, and Twitch. If you could do us a favor and click the five stars and give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, YouTube, all that sort of thing, it boosts our show and it feeds the hungry algorithm. That's right. So that we can bring more dire beavers to your game. Indeed. <laughs> building better dams. Mind you, moose bites can be quite nasty. And it's also true. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name's Eric. And I'm Matt. And we'll see you next time. Good night. The Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. D20 did our music. And this is, in fact, a subterranean production. Your voice is so low. <laughs>